This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome to A Turn on the Jets Digital special presentation. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the reactions to what the Jets have done in free agency with somebody who has a reputation for being able to show the emotions of the Jets fans through emojis. In addition to being a great member of the New York Jets beat, he's also the Ayatollah of rock and rolla of the New York Jets beat. From the Associated Press, our old friend, Mr. Dennis Wazek. What's going on, Dennis? Hey, Scott. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm really excited to talk to you because this is your time of year, your time to shine. We had the free agency off-season emojis, which has become one of the most popular things on Jets Twitter. So I want to bring that up in a little bit, get to the origin of how it started, what goes into it, the whole deal. But first... I want to ask you a little bit about what you think about what the Jets did in free agency so far. A couple of really big moves. Let's start with Jamison Crowder. This was somebody that most of the beat didn't report on the Jets having interest in, but they struck quickly on him. I guess Gase really identified him as somebody that could do some damage in his offense, huh? Yeah, he uh, he's one of those guys that he immediately you know will fill in and be the uh, slot guy in that offense and. Uh, a guy who was limited to nine games last year because of an uh, ankle injury, but he, he's got talent. You know, he's shown that. He's shown flashes uh, with Washington over the last few years, and, uh, and he's a playmaker, you know, and, and he's a young guy. He's a he's a replacement for Jermaine Curse, a, a guy who, um, you know, can, can really, um, you know, make some things happen in the middle of the field and, and be an outlet type of guy for uh, Sam Darnold. So yeah, that, that was a, it was a surprise signing. Um, and I think a very solid one too. Um, you, know, you know, a guy again, who will help that offense and help the young quarterback by giving him, um, you know, somebody there, a receiver uh, that does things differently from Robbie Anderson and Quincy Inunua. So, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty solid trio right there. No question about it. It's funny, though, because all the noise seemed to be around Adam Humphreys, Golden Tate. Yeah. And we even yeah. talked about this when you came on beforehand. Those were the names that everybody was talking about, but it ended up being Jamison Crowder. Yeah, and I think um, because there was a lot of hype, even with other teams uh, interested in those other guys, Humphreys and, and Tate, um, you know, and Tate ends up uh, with the Giants. I, I think Crowder, because of the injury last year, kind of, maybe flew under the radar a little bit, but, um, you know, he's got, you know, just as much talent, if not more, uh, than those guys. I mean, Tate has a proven track record, um, you know, and Humphreys, I think is still up and coming, but, um, you know, just the combination of, uh, ability that, uh, Crowder has, I think he's, he's a really nice fit, especially with what Gase will want to use him, uh, for in this offense. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Dennis, as you know, I used to live in the D.C. area, so I know Jamison Crowder well, and I've been on that bandwagon for a couple of months, so I'm really glad that they were able to go out and bring him in here. I will say, though, it felt like for a while I was spitting into the wind because it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of noise on him. And another guy from the area who played in Baltimore, there wasn't a lot of noise because a lot of people didn't expect him to shake free from the Ravens, is (laughs) C.J. Mosley. Now, here's an interesting one because... Off-ball linebacker is not a position that was considered a huge area of need, but it feels like the Jets just looked at this guy and said he's too good to not go after him because he's a premium player in his prime. Is that more or less how it shook out? Yeah, I think that you think you're spot on with that because uh, 
you look at that guy and what he's been able to do and, and the uh, disruptive presence he's been for the Ravens over the last you know several years here, I, I think um, once he, the, the Jets were able to um, hit him with an offer, uh, that was, you know, more than competitive and, and more competitive than what Baltimore was willing to to kind of, you know, give him. I mean, that that was a no brainer. You know, that was one of those things. And, and it's it's an upgrade at that position. And it really, um, you know, it, you look at Darren Lee and you just wonder what his future long term is with this team. And I, I don't you know, I think I'm with everyone else in that there is not really a long-term future for Darren Lee. I, I could see him, um, you know, maybe uh, being talked about in trades in, during the draft or, you know, whatever, but I, I don't see him lasting beyond the season. Um, but as far as Mosley, I mean, the guy just makes plays, man. He's He's one of those guys that you know, he, he and he's young still, you know, even though he's been in the league for four years and, um, you know, he's just got a ton of talent and still more potential. And and you, you pair him with Avery Williams and that, that's a pretty good, you know, inside linebacking duo there. So uh, um, and and he'll be terrific in Greg Williams defense. So, yeah, man, it, that was a, a no brainer when they could come to the uh, the, the numbers that that it took. And I mean, it was a lot of money, you know, five years, 85 million. And you know, I think it's uh, a little bit over 35 million uh, guaranteed, but yeah, I think, I think he was worth it. You know, it, that's the type of player that you can really build a defense around. You pair him with, you know, Adams and it just, yeah, it was, that was a, a, a surprising move and a, and a really good one. As I've said many times, even though you could make the case that he wasn't necessary based on the position that he plays, when you have the opportunity to add one of the best players in the league at his position in his prime, and you don't have a situation where that position is filled by somebody who's locked in, so Darren Lee in this case is somebody that they might be looking to move on from, I'd way rather go out and get a guy like that and overpay a few bucks rather than spend that money on mediocre players. Yeah, no doubt, because also um, you're not just talking about this year. You're talking about this year and quite a few years beyond, you know, because you have um, some pieces, young pieces in place now um, where you're looking maybe not to win this year, but to really move forward this year. And that's a guy that he's going to already be a veteran leader and a proven playmaker and a guy who's going to be around. I mean, if he last the entirety of the deal i mean he'll be around five years i mean that that's and you you would hope um by the middle of that contract that uh you know the jets will be in position to make some long extended uh playoff runs and and that's what you're looking for you have you won't have to worry about that part of the defense for the next several years so i think that's that's the thing you you want to bring guys in here that you expect to be counting on for years to come. Dennis, let's talk about Mosley's old teammate from Baltimore, Kalesio Semele. He spent the last three years with the Raiders, but before that, he played with Mosley in Baltimore. In Oakland, he took a real step forward. He was excellent with the Ravens, but really took his game to another level with the Raiders. He was an All-Pro in 2016, a Pro Bowler again in 2017. Last year, he fell off a little bit. There were some injuries. There was problems with Tom Cable as the offensive line coach, and ultimately, the Raiders were looking to move on from his salary. The Jets swooped in and got him. 
It was a late round pick swap, so nothing big there. It was just a matter of taking on his salary. It seemed to me that what Mike McCagnan was doing here was reading the market and seeing that the only guard that was anywhere close to as good as Assembly was Roger Saffold. He didn't want to get into some major bidding war, and this was his opportunity to give up very little to get what would be arguably the best guard on the market if he were to be released. Is that about right? Yeah, I, I think so. And and he's an upgrade from James Carpenter. Um, they're similar ages, but I, I think at this point, Assembly is still, um, you know, trending upward, you know. And um, yeah, he had some injury issues last year that affected his consistency and, and his, uh, you know, his ability coming off two Pro Bowl seasons with the Raiders. But I I think when they saw what they had to give up and like you said, with the contract taking on it, it that was another one of those deals. It was like, whoa, you know, that that's pretty good. I mean, the Jets give up a fifth rounder uh, to get assembly and a sixth rounder. I mean, I, okay, you know, that <laughs> you plug him in and you fill one of the big needs on your, your offensive line. And, and as we know, and as we've talked about, one of the keys to this whole offseason is making sure you get guys up front who will be able to protect Sam Darnold and and open up some plays for the, you know, for, to protect, give him some time and help the running game. And, that, and this guy, he's a mauler. You know, he's just everything you hear about this guy, um, you know, he'll fit right in and he'll he'll take over. And 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 again, he's a guy that you can have for several, several years moving forward. So. Yeah, that that was one of those when it happened last week. I think it was last Saturday or you, you know uh, over the weekend. It was like okay, you know <laughs> they 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 kicked it off. They kicked off this free agency period with a, a very shrewd move, and I I, uh, I thought it was uh, it, it was a it was a good omen of things to come for the Jets. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. <laughs> Assembly, as you said, wins on his power and athleticism. And while he may not necessarily be what he used to be because the injuries started to mount a little bit last year, he is a force out there when he is healthy. And I'm going to have Brandon Thorne on from USA Football and the Scout Academy to really break down Assembly because he's done a lot of great work on the guard. And he's going to talk all about what he's seen on the film. I'm really looking forward to that. But this seemed like one of those deals where... Assembly, there was talk he might be available, that the Raiders might be looking to move on, and so as soon as Mac realized that he was going to be there for the taking, he pounced and realized yeah. that this was the kind of move that he needed to make early on to strike a tone. Is that about how you figure yeah. it? Yeah, no doubt about it. I think I think that's exactly right. Um, you know, you mentioned Saffold, you know, earlier. I, I think um yeah, all those factors played in and, and once um, assembly was available and, uh, and the price was right, obviously. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, so I, I think when you're looking at, you know, some of these guys that we just mentioned, um, you know, with assembly and Mosley and Crowder, they're pretty much no brainers. You know, it's like, it's hard to criticize any of those moves. You, you like Humphreys a little more, or if you like Tate, I mean, it's kind of like, okay, you know, I can see it, but Mosley and Assembly, like that's you know those those guys, yeah, you 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 get those guys, you know, you, you acquire those guys and and they immediately make your your team better and they um, they're upgrades. So yeah, I, I I like I like all those moves right now. So you know we'll, we'll see what happens, but yeah, I'm not too concerned about the injuries. 
Um, you know, I think he was just banged up all year. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens once minicamp and, and training camp comes around. But I think uh, they must have felt comfortable enough to, um, you know, make the deal and uh, and know that, okay, he's going to be, you know, the left guard for us uh, moving forward. Speaking of upgrades, let's talk about the mother of all upgrades now, Dennis, and that, of course, is at the running back position. Who was this guy that they got? Some guy named Liberty Bell? I'm not sure. Le'Veon Bell signs with the Jets. This is something that we have been debating for months and months and months. In fact, even going back into the 2018 season, people were talking about this. All due respect to Bilal Powell and Isaiah Crowell, this is a massive upgrade. I don't think you can even attempt to overstate what kind of an upgrade this is, getting Le'Veon Bell here. And it's funny, Dennis, because I knew I was going to talk to you today, so I went back and listened to the roundtable conversation that we had a while back, and what you said pretty much held up. You said that the Jets were going to be interested, you weren't sure that they were going to be willing to break the bank, but that they would come in with a solid offer, and you would see how it would shake out. It would really depend on what the market would look like and how much Bell wanted to be here. And it seemed like that's more or less what happened. McCagnin came in with a solid but not amazing offer. Offer. He held firm. Bell seemed to want to be here because, according to reports, he might have turned down a little bit more money from the San Francisco 49ers, at least guaranteed money. And so he ends up here with the New York Jets. What do you think about how the process played out? And do you think you should take a bow for kind of being able to look into the future? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about all that because uh, if that's the case, I should start. Uh, I should have played Powerball and, uh, and all that. But, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I you look at that, and it's like it really was the the kind of the perfect storm of events. And uh, I just people would ask me, and in the right after the season, like, what do you think? And and I really I could see it happening, you know. And and I'm not sure if that's because I kept seeing, um, you know, uh, pictures and and stuff that. T- fans were tweeting out on, on Twitter in with Bell in Jets uniform. So it's like in my head, it's like, yeah, that looks, that looks normal. You know, it looks like that's what's going to happen. But I, I kind of, you know, you just kind of thought that this was the move. This was the move McCagnin had to make. Um, be, yeah, I mean, just everything that he brings. And, and from Le'Veon Bell's perspective, just, you know, a kid growing up, idolizing Curtis Martin, watching the Jets, um, you know, the Jets have been in his head over the last, you know, year and a half. You know, people have been mentioning coming to the Jets. And, you know, he had the comments about not taking, you know, take more than 60 million, take more than 100 million, that kind of. Well, all that's water under the bridge because now you bring this guy in and he knows he's going to be the focal point of the offense. And from the Jets perspective, it takes some of the pressure, not some, it takes a lot of the pressure off of Sam Darnold. Because now you have a guy who is a proven superstar, an elite talent at his position, who is coming off a year where some people might be wary of this, but, you know, he hasn't played. But you look at that, he's got fresh legs, he's motivated, you know he wants to come out to prove all the people that have said, number one, like, oh, he might not be the same guy, and two, he shortchanged himself and he's, you know, screwed himself over by sitting out and, and declining, you know, the offers from the Steelers. So this guy's going to be super motivated to be what he was before. And, you know, and I was thinking about this also, you know, every year when you see fantasy things come out, you know, in, in July or so, and, and players switch teams, they talk about how their fantasy 
um, you know, value will go up or down. And, you know, a lot of times when players come to the Jets, they talk about their fantasy uh, value going down. I don't think that's going to happen with Bell. I think he's going to be the guy that they're going, that Gase is going to rely on back there. He knows how to use that running back. He's going to use him. You know, he's going to, he's going to line him up on the outside. He's going to put him in the backfield. Like, why not? You know, just use that. And you think about that, that um, offense now with Bell coming out of the backfield and you, you added Crowder, you have a Nunwa, you have Anderson and, you know, and you have a, a, a very promising talent in the tight end with uh, Herndon. I mean, that's the makings of a pretty solid young playmaking offense, you know, and, and I think there's a lot to, to be excited about. And as, as far as the offer and, and the whole contract thing, it, it was one of those things where you look at the numbers now and you say, Hey, that, that's pretty good. You know, I have four years, 52 and a half million. And it looks like there's some debate whether it's 25 million guaranteed or 35 million, including some of the injury guarantees. I think pro football talk had a nice uh, breakdown of the contract itself. And um, you look at it uh, based upon what the Steelers had offered, you know, that five year, $70 million deal. And he's getting less money. Uh, you know, the guarantees are there. And, uh, you know, you got to give McCagnan some credit because they, they really did stick to their guns and, and didn't go crazy and, and uh, just, you know, break the bank open, you know, for a guy who you would have thought there would have been like tons of offers. And, and, you know, maybe they overpaid a little bit for CJ Mosley, but you know, that, that was, they had the money and that's what it took to bring that guy here. And when you look at a guy like Bell, it's like, whoa, that, they didn't need to go absolutely bananas on that deal to get him here. So, um, and he's still young, you know, this is a guy who, you know, could be here for several years also and, and really turn, help turn Sam Darnold into, you know, a, a, a top playmaking quarterback. Cause he's got one of the top playmakers in the league. So man, I, I just, and to go back to your point, like it's been a long time since the jets had anybody, of this caliber, you know, guys showed flashes like Brandon Marshall's first year. He was tremendous, you know, um, you know, the Jets bring in LaDainian Tomlinson years back, but he was a, he was not what he was obviously, you know, um, uh, you probably have to go back to Curtis Martin for a guy who was consistently just a playmaking talent and, you know, a threat every time he had the ball, you know, for, you know, that this, and, and maybe Le'Veon Bell could be better than that. You know, and that's that's the exciting thing, I think, for Jets fans. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. I feel like with Bell, it just gives the team and the fan base a new level of hope, and it puts a face on the expected yeah. success. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point, too, because, um, yeah, he, he and, and he legitimizes what the franchise is doing here, you know, and um it's it's a message to the fans, I think, that, yeah, we're we're in it to do something. You know, we're, we're not just kind of, you know, patching things up here. And, um, you know, Isaiah Crowell, he had some moments. But, you know, was he that game-breaking back other than the game against Denver? Um, you know, where he set the uh, franchise record. Uh, other than that, it was like, yeah, you know, he's, he's a guy. He could do some things. And. Jets have had some guys over the years like that, but I mean, yeah, this it's like, okay, he was the number one free agent target and the Jets got him, you know? And, and if you, 
you put CJ Mosley in that mix, he was probably in the, you know, the top five, top 10, you know, on that list too. And the Jets have both of those guys. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it, it's a clear message that they're trying to build around their franchise quarterback. They believe Darnold is the franchise quarterback and they're not going to do obviously a different regime that what the franchise did with Sanchez and start stripping some guys away. And then they're trying to rebuild and, and it just went backwards. So I, I think they're doing it right this time around. So Dennis, it's fair to say that this signing was a slightly bigger deal than Miami signing our old friend, Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> to play quarterback. <laughs> Fitz magic lives. It's amazing. It's amazing. The guy, you know, I think he's, uh, I think he'll be 37 this year. I think this is his eighth team. Um, He'll probably start for the Dolphins, you know, depending on what they do. But it, it seems like, you know, they're going to tank for Tua, you know, for, for next year. And um, he's played for the Jets and the Bills, you know, now the Dolphins. And maybe someday he'll replace Brady when he's uh, 42 years old and uh, he'll have the whole AFC East. But, yeah, I mean, that's I mean, you, you think about the quarterbacks, you know, Brady's an aging guy. Um, you know, Fitzpatrick is, is a bridge, you know, and, um, and and not to slight Brady, obviously, because, you know, that guy probably played till he's, like he said, 45 and he'll be tremendous till then. But, um, you know, you, you have a, a promising guy here in New York, New Jersey with the Jets. It's it's amazing to think of the possibilities. And that's why Jets fans should be excited because it's been a long time. You know, it's been a long time since there was at least hope that they're getting these things right and they're getting the pieces in place. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's not the days of, um, okay, Fitz is here and we have Decker and Marshall where we might kind of get in, but what is it doing to the future? Are we screwing ourselves? Like, no, this is, this is all in to build toward the future. Dennis, I guess Ryan Fitzpatrick learned quite a bit about how to create a market for himself when he was at Harvard because nobody in NFL history has been paid more money by more teams to be as bad as Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> and and the thing was, last year, when he starts out with Tampa Bay and he has those ridiculous games of 400 yards and it's like, whoa, okay, well, like what is happening? Like the, the guy, he could obviously play some you know and he still can but yeah that you know the fact that he keeps getting chances and not only chances he, he starts you know he starts for teams so um smart guy and um yeah he's he's doing something right in his life you know to get these opportunities and good for him he's a good dude so you know it's it's and, and he can play but um trying to um you know bank on him being the savior for any team is is probably not a uh a smart uh, move on any fan's part at this point. Probably not a smart move to bank on saviors at center and cornerback <laughs> in the form of Daryl Roberts and Jonathan Harrison either. That's what the Jets have at the moment. Daryl Roberts, according to the depth chart, would be the second cornerback, and Jonathan Harrison is the only center on the roster at this moment. 
A, do you think that was the fallback plan? Because in the case of center, we know they wanted Mitch Morse, but Buffalo outbid them, and it seems like they were never really in on Matt Paradis. So do you think it was a matter of getting Harrison in here and then maybe they'll get some competition, or do they see him as a backup and maybe they'll try and go into the draft and that's been their plan all along as the backup option? And as far as corner, do you see that as a situation of they're kind of settling on Roberts right now, and if something else pops up down the line, then maybe. But right now they see Roberts as a capable starter across from Tremaine Johnson? I think that with both of those guys, they know they're both solid backups and capable of starting. So I think you get those guys in the mix and their security blankets, you know, for, for at both positions, because you know they can be fallback options if all else fails, you know. And I, I think with Harrison, the one good thing with him last year was the way Rick Dennison was running that offensive line. It was an, you know, it, it focused on athleticism, guys who were fast, you know, quick guys up front. Um, I'm not sure how they're going to uh, operate the offensive line moving forward, but, um, you know, he played he played pretty well, you know, in the seven games that he started at the end of the season for Spencer Long. And um, But I, I don't think they're done there. And I, I think, you know, there are still some centers out there, John Sullivan, Travis Swanson, who was in Jets camp last summer, um, and got cut and went to the Dolphins. Um, a couple of other guys, you know, n- nobody who really uh, knocks your socks off. You know, Nick Easton in Minnesota and Stefan Wisniewski in Philly. Uh, just, you know, I, I think they'll kind of weigh some of those possibilities and, um, uh, you know, maybe look in the draft also. But, uh, yeah, I'm not really sure what they're, they're going to do there. I, I'm not convinced that they want Harrison to be the starter. Um, but here's the one thing I, I, I would want to make sure I have my starter in place by minicamp, you know, so or and hopefully even before that for OTA so that Darnold can start really working with the center and go through, you know, different things with with a guy who he's going to be working with. You know, you, you don't want it to be a case where. They go through and they're kind of like trying some guys here and there and they have Harrison and then whoever they have, uh, you know, a guy that they've had on the practice squad, John Toth, you know, who, who is going to be that guy. And then all of a sudden cut downs come and they bring in a center at the end of August. You know, you, you want to have that spot settled because he runs the entire offensive line, you know, so we'll see uh, with that. As far as the cornerback, I think it's the same thing. And, and you saw Darrell Roberts play not only corner, but safety last year. Um, so they know he's a versatile guy who could do a bunch of things. So why not just, you know, bring him back and, and, you know, plug him in if need be. But, you know, I, I'm not, I, I know there, there's some talk, Mars Claiborne, you know, isn't coming back. I'm not so convinced that in the end, if things kind of dry up, they bring him back, you know, because, you know, He's been pretty solid. You know, he had some some bumps last year, but, um, you know, he could start, you know. And so I, I'm not completely closing the door on that. And, and I'm just I'm not sure what else is really out there in free agency that would a guy who you would just say, yeah, bring him in and he could start right away. You know, and um, at least they replaced Buster Screen in that nickel spot with Brian Poole. And I think that's a perfect uh, replacement, uh, you know, for, for him. So, um, yeah, I, I just, as far as the cornerback spot, I, I don't think they're going to settle 
on Roberts as a starter. Uh, clearly, they like him, but I think it's because, just like Harrison, the versatility that those guys bring. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Dennis, you see any other moves on the horizon? There's still some names out there in free agency. There could be some available trades. We know that the Jets still have plenty of cap space. You think anything else big is coming? I don't know. It's surprising to me, you know, because you would think, okay, Justin Houston. Oh, that you can throw that guy in here, you know. But why? Why has the market not really been there for him? It makes you wonder, you know, what? Like, why isn't he? more sought after you know at, at this point maybe there's something there maybe he's he, he i don't think he's had um the big sack numbers that he had you know a couple of years now so maybe he's kind of trending downward i don't know but you would think that edge rusher would be something that they're still looking at unless they're really focused on taking a guy at number three staying at number three and um you know and and just kind of you know grabbing bosa or allen and if you know whoever's there at that point and i mean from the way things look with arizona i mean you can't get past all the uh the rumors about them taking murray and san francisco as number two they traded for d ford you know so they have an edge rusher so maybe they take quinn and williams the defensive lineman there or you know they trade out so it, it looks like they might have bosa a chance at Bosa at number three. And and if that's the case, when you think about how the draft has unfolded in the last few years, there's like Leonard Williams falls to them. You know, Jamal Adams falls to them. Sam Darnold falls to them. It's like, and if Nick Bosa falls to them at number three, it's like, well, wait a second. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty incredible that th- these like no doubt guys have fallen uh, to the Jets, you know, so, so we'll see. But as far as free agency, I, I don't know that there'll be any, big time, you know, splashes, you know, there might, there's going to be a few more signings that I think some, some of the guys that they have, um, you know, their own free agents, maybe they bring a couple of guys back, um, you know, but, but I don't think anything, uh, not to the, obviously not to the level of, uh, of Le'Veon Bell and CJ Mosley. That's for sure. Hopefully the Jets will stumble into Nick Bosa the way that you stumbled into one of the greatest traditions on Jets Twitter. It's something that everybody knows you for, and that, of course, is the free agency offseason emojis. It's become something that's taken on a life of its own. Everybody waits for it like kids at Christmas time waiting for Santa to come so they can wake up in the morning on Christmas morning and open up the gifts. We're all sitting there waiting for Dennis to come out with his free agency offseason emoji. So let's talk about this because we've gotten so many questions. I want to get to the bottom of the origin and go through what goes into all the work with it. How did this first start? You know when it first started? It actually started um, when the Jets were in the coaching and GM search for Bowles and McCagnan. Um, Because I remember putting together a list of guys that they were talking to for the GM job, guys they were talking to for the coaching job, and you know, everybody loves a list, you know, just to, it's easy to just see, okay, they got this guy. And then I, I, when they started bringing guys in and then for second interviews and guys who weren't um, uh, given permission to talk and that sort of thing. So I was trying to, like, I'm writing out this list. I'm like, there's got to be a better way to kind of, you know, demonstrate this instead of just saying, you know, 
came in for an interview or you know visited jets and so then i started just kind of playing around with uh all right yeah a green check mark here a red x here and that's really how it started and then um when free agency came around that year i started just kind of playing around with you know the money bags and and uh different things like that and then it just kind of evolved from there. And I, I thought it was kind of a corny, cheesy thing. And I, you know, I think it is. And I, as you know, on social media, you have no idea how certain things are going to be accepted or not. So when, when I did that the first time, the, uh, the free agency one, when I did that, it, it got a very good uh, reception from, from people. And they were like, Oh, this is cool. And I'm like, all right. Uh, okay. So I, I guess this is okay. And so I just kept doing it and, you know, you have, there's a ton of emojis. So there's a chance to be creative and, uh, you know, like with the Anthony Barr one, you know, I was able to kind of, you know, here, here's a handshake and then wait, hold on the stop sign. And then he, he compared it to walking down the altar and realizing, <laughs> you know, it's the wrong woman. You put, you know, a bride and groom, and then he said no to the jets and that's an X, you know? So, just kind of have some fun with it. And, and, you know, here's a list, here's everything that's happened and you can kind of tell a little story. And, and to be honest with you, Scott, I got, it's funny to me, um, uh, smiley face emoji, uh, that, that I, uh, <laughs> that this has even happened because I, I, you know, I'm not, you know, like emojis, I, just something that I kind of <laughs> like threw out there being silly. And it just kind of, like you said, took on a life of its own. And I do it during uh, training camp too, with practices like guys, you know, who are, who had positive practices or guys who, you know, might've struggled a little bit injuries. So, you know, I try to, you know, have fun with it because really at this time of year, I mean, there's not a lot of stuff, uh, you know, that like you can have fun with. Uh, there's a lot of like contract stuff and a lot of sign, you know, other than the basic, you know, Hey, the Jets sign this guy. So you kind of animate it, so to speak, by using, uh emojis which again like i said is kind of funny to me that i even fell into that and just kind of uh you know kept it going and and the fans and i'll tell you what you know i the one that i i sent the first one of the the off season i didn't get a single like negative response so like that's how i knew like okay all right we're good because i i actually i had a poll on uh, all the players that the jets had coming up as free agents you, you know, you want to keep them or not. And then my last one was, um, you know, how about should I keep the offseason emoji scoreboard? And it was overwhelmingly yes, you know, thumbs up on that. So, so, you know, hey, when you can when you can have the majority of a social media audience like something, then it's like, OK, that, that's that's a positive right there. I think why so many people like it, and I could speak from my own experience with it, is that it's different. Everybody will have these listicles, like you said, you were sitting down and writing this long list. Everybody does that, and everybody will read the same lists over and over again. How many times can you see the pros and cons of Le'Veon Bell, or here's why it's good that the Jets got Le'Veon Bell, or here's why it's bad that they got this guy. But you did something in a creative way that was completely different and it was entertaining and it was amusing and it was happy and it was something that everybody could smile about. And so I think that's really why it became something that has been a fun tradition now for fans on Jets Twitter. Yeah, that, that's cool. I mean, you know, it's it's uh, like I said, it's fun and, and you could be a little creative with it, you know, and, and you just look at the different emojis and you're like, oh, you know, this one will be good. And, you know, for this guy or. You know, um, like I use, a, you know, the pair of scissors for whoever gets cut. You know, that's an <laughs> obvious one. And, 
um, you know, and then there's, uh, you know, a cup of coffee for McCagnin and uh, I use the cat for Catazero, the cat man, you know, and you just, you just try to obviously the bells for Le'Veon Bell and, um, and there's different things, you know, for different players every year. So, so you could really get creative with individual players who come or go and, and that kind of thing. And, and it's still, you know, I try to provide the information, you know, like the money bags are, they represent how many years the contract is for and that sort of thing. So it's like kind of, <laughs> you, you know, if, if you have to explain one of them, then, you know, you kind of missed on it, you know, and uh, thankfully so far this year that that hasn't been the case, but every now and then there's one and it's like, like, what is the, you know, whatever emoji. And it's like, yeah, maybe I should have uh, used something else, but yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's, it's, I've had a lot of fun with the Jets fans with that. How much thought and time generally goes into those? <laughs> you know what it is? It's like when I go to bed and I'm laying in bed and like I'm like, oh, let me look. And I'm like just kind of looking through all the emojis. <laughs> and, and, it, and, and, and the other thing is sometimes you, you look at them and you see, you see something and you're like, man, if something – if a guy comes to the Jets – who you know has this last name or, or something like oh that that might be cool to use with that you know and so you, I've kept some things in the back of my mind over the years too you know if ever anything happens and you know and uh, like you know guys that come back you could use the the rewind symbol and yeah I mean it, it's taken a little bit of time but it's been fun like I said so uh, you know just I, you don't realize I've had a couple people like in my own office like. I didn't even know that emoji existed. Like, well, yeah, me neither until I started doing this and just, you know, going through, you know, the 300 emojis or how many ever, you know, that there are there. So all I could tell you is when other members of the New York Jets beat are talking to me and telling me what a genius idea it is, that's when you know <laughs> that it's a legitimately smart idea and it was creative. And I love seeing it every year. So I hope you keep doing it forever. <laughs> Thumbs up, baby. There you go. Thumbs up. Thumbs up emoji, flex emoji, handshake emoji, flex. smile emoji, all the emojis that there are. By the way, speaking of emojis, you talked a little bit about what you put together for the Anthony Barr fiasco. Could you go into a little bit more detail about what went into that one? Yeah, I mean, it, like with Barr, he had agreed. You know, we, we heard that he agreed to a contract. So there you go. There's the uh, the handshake emoji. And then you heard you know what was weird about that scott you didn't hear much about the contract details so that was one of those things that were like huh you know i wonder like what the hold up with that is so it kind of seemed weird and then uh, like the next morning i was like whoa okay there's something up and and then uh you know a few people i, I think Schefter and and uh and uh Samini, uh, reported oh that you know that, that he backed out of the deal so that's a big stop sign right there. And then we hear later when he had the, um, he, you know, he, he had that radio interview or whatever it was that, you know, he said he, he felt kind of sick and he felt like he was walking down the aisle and marrying the, the wrong girl. I'm like, okay, there we go. Bride and groom. That, that's an easy <laughs> one. And then, you know, the face, like the wide eyed, uh, you know, emoji face. And it's like, wait, what am I doing? And then he ultimately turned the jets down. So that's a, that's a, a big red X. So that's that's kind of and that that was fun, you know, because you kind of got to tell a story <laughs> in emojis, you know, like for somebody who deals in text, you know, and video and stuff like that, like like I do, like just being able to you know use these silly little 
characters on the on the you know the, the screen on my phone and it, it's pretty fun so yeah i had fun with that one Dennis, I have a suggestion. From now on, whenever I text you and ask you about an album you're listening to or a concert you went to, you could just <laughs> respond with an emoji to let me know how it was. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That, that's easy enough. I'll, I'll do that. Thumbs up, thumbs down, or uh, like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in the middle, a shrug or something yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of that, as has become custom every time I have you on the program, I got to ask, what are you listening to? You been to any concerts? What's going on with you music-wise? Yeah, I haven't been to any concerts uh, recently. Um, I'm going to uh, probably check out the Corn Alice in Chains uh, concert, which excites me. That's sometime in the summer. Uh, I think in August, I'm kind of like going back and forth on different things right now and uh, nothing really new. Uh, I I love Volbeat. So like I'll put that on. Um, They've they've got some great stuff, some great albums. Uh, I think last time we spoke, I was uh, like in a uh, kill switch engage uh, uh, phase and um, just listening to them. I'm trying to think what what else. Um, I'm just kind of listening to different things here and there. like I said, and, um, you know, just anything that kind of gets me, gets me through my, uh, my commute to, uh, lower Manhattan, uh, at night through traffic and cabs cutting me off, which, which, uh, by the <laughs> way, listening to, uh, here's a PSA for people. Um, do not listen to Slipknot sitting in traffic going into New York city. Because that <laughs> stuff makes you want to get out of your car and just push all the cars away and uh, and you know and, and do bad things. So so I would not recommend Slipknot uh, because I did it the other night when I was uh, like dead in traffic going into the city and um, it was probably not good for anyone involved. So oh yeah, I could have told you that <laughs> death metal and New York City traffic are not right. a good combination. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So so yeah, that's uh, that's out of the rotation for my uh, my work commute at the moment so no slipknot for the work commute well hopefully when you're looking to change things up a little bit and you're not listening to music this show will be on your commute into new york city i can only there keep my go. fingers crossed that we get the ayatollah of rock and roller the excellence of emoji listening to this podcast <laughs> on his way in to his job as the beat reporter for the associated press for the new york jets and it's always a pleasure having him on to talk all things Jets with him, Mr. Dennis Wozak Jr. Dennis, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. I'm glad we got to the bottom of the whole emoji story because it's something <laughs> that a lot of people have asked about, and we all enjoy it. So I really kind of wanted to know the backstory there. For anybody that doesn't know where to find you, where to read your work, all that, why don't you go ahead and let them know? Um, well, you can follow me on Twitter, dwoz73, and um, I usually uh, will tweet out the links and stuff like that. But if you go to apnews.com and backslash New York Jets. That brings you right to um, the AP's uh, New York Jets section. And, um, you know, we have all the teams and in every sport. And that, that's where you can find that stuff. So, uh, you know, and then, you know, you look up my name, it kind of the AP, we kind of service all different websites and, and newspapers. So, but that's the, probably the most direct way to go. Just go to the apnews.com site. Go ahead and follow Dennis on Twitter. Make sure that you're reading his work over at the Associated Press. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.